Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Live it easy! Live it free! Whoa! 
Listening to 101 Part Time Jobs, the podcast where I, Giles Bidder, speak to bands about how they've been able to make it work personally and financially. When you're playing in a band and you've got to make money for yourself, you've got your work cut out for you, really. 101 Part Time Jobs is all about hearing those stories from the artists themselves. On today's episode, we've got Dave McQuain from Boston's Big D and the Kids Table. Big D have played a steady role in my life and they're a life-changing one for me actually. On my morning walk to school one day, I had a brief interaction with a guy named Tom who complimented me on my Big D and the Kids Table hoodie. Tom and I became close friends starting with that interaction and 15 years later, I was the best man at his wedding. So, Big D, it's a friends and family affair. This is a live episode recorded at Manchester Punk Festival which another close friend, Kieran Kelly, had a hand in putting on alongside TNS Records and Anarchistic Undertones. It was a great weekend. If you're a fellow punk rock, ska punk or hardcore punk fan, Manchester Punk Fest is the one to go to. Look them up and head there next year. All right, so here's Dave McQuain from Big D and the Kids Table. Their latest album, Do Your Art, is available still now. Go get it. Go well. Up to play by any of the rules Wallpapered my room with all my bad reviews My lifestyle's awake and filled with gratitude Dave McQueen, how you doing? Would you like to step up? Here we go Hey yeah, bring everyone Oh everyone and everyone Nice one Thank you so much Good stuff Just while I spill some of my drink down myself How often do you do that? When was the last time you spilled a drink down yourself? Last time I had a drink <laughs> What's the most embarrassing thing you think has happened in like recent times? Um, well, I was playing a show once, and sometimes when you go on tour, if, if, if things start moving so quick, you do kind of forget exactly where you are. And I was on stage once, and I was like, hey, how's everybody doing? Yesterday we were in Texas, and you hear this guy in the background going, you're still in Texas, dumbass? And I was like, right. Lost in London? Yeah. What happened then? That was and how uh, recently was that? That was a very long time ago, and I don't, I don't think we were we were at, at the Vic. Um, okay. Where's is that Darby? Where? Yeah, the Victoria, where Lightyear are from. Where Lightyear are from. So yeah. technically, it was from there. So I'm lying. Okay. Right. Uh, Here first, this is an exclusive. We're lost in dark. I'm in better than But um, we just were walking with Lightyear and walking all around, and um, you know, Chaz obviously. You know, you could write a book with his quotes, you know? Big time. And we didn't know where we were going, and he goes, when you're lost, follow the music. And there was music just way off in the distance. It was one of those awesome Sleepy Hollow moments where there was a light fog, you know, and everything was beautiful looking, and two bands that really like each other just walked towards the music and just laughing and drinking. and and good stuff. Yeah, so it was a very beautiful time. I had a moment with Chaz. We were in Derby, and we were staying at one of his friend's houses. And one of our other friends had a like a smoke grenade or like a flare. And we thought it'd be good to go for a little little jaunt, little run, sans yeah. any kind of clothing. And we thought, oh, we'll, we'll strap one of the, the flares to our backside. Yeah. 
and the, it, the flares like lit up. It was a small kind of a small kind of out of town road, and yeah. the whole the flare lit up with this what this red fog, yeah. something like, like like a German football game. <laughs> and one of our friends was from the US, and the police came, and he got locked outside. And he was like, I don't have a visa. Oh no, he was pretty scared. Yeah. But hey, like, this place. Yeah, but were you were naked with a flare on your back? Yeah. Okay. This podcast is called One Hundred and One Part Time Jobs. Yeah. Because playing in bands, touring, getting lost in Derby. Yeah. You know, you talk about it. You know, you you know, you make your own experiences. You you, you learn. You, te- you self-taught. That's it. Yeah. You self-taught. Do it yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's like um. You know, a lot of people do that here. You know, a lot of people do that in punk. Mm. I think sometimes what we don't hear about is the stories that come from that, and the personal shit. Sure. You know, and I think that's such a big part of it because as a lyricist, you're going to be writing from your experience. You're definitely a first person lyric writer yeah 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 and i think lax was the first time i thought oh this is why bands really have to throw yourself to the wind yeah yeah. and put yourself really kind of in a vulnerable position to do the thing that we love do the thing that we're all here for yeah how how have you kind of made that work you know how over the years have you you must have had kind of ups and downs of that times when you think like fuck you know how am i gonna pay the rent how am i gonna do this what could you attribute, do you think, like now, where you are now, yeah. what could you attribute to be able to do it so long? Well, okay, I'm going to go right there, but the first thing about like doing it yourself and just taking the responsibility to make your future the future you want, um, if you look at your life and your career like you just floating in the ocean drowning and all you're doing is screaming for help, you're going to drown. So you better, can you swear on this? Of course. Okay. You better fucking tread some water and get to fucking land. Yeah. You can't just, and that is your life. You know, the, it, it's the same thing. Right. And so, one of the biggest things to make sure is that there's never a comfortable moment. Meaning, like, let's say you get signed by a label, or you get signed by a cool indie, or you do 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 do. You're never. You, you gotta still swim. You gotta still tread water. You can't ever go, and I'm done. Like, once the band starts rolling more, you actually have to do more than you did. And it's a hard conception for musicians because they work so hard to write the songs, so hard to record the songs, so hard to get the songs out that by the time that's out, they think that it's summer vacation. But that's when it starts. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I lost track of the question. No, I, yeah. I like, I think one of the things that makes me think of, and I say this a lot because my mum's an author and she's treading water now and she's 60, going on 60s. Yeah. And it's like, and I think of playing, being in a band is a bit like being an author. You know, spent all this time yeah. not making cash. And I, look, that's crude to say, and like, life's not about money, but money gives you freedom. Yeah. Money gives you a kitchen. Money gives you a microwave that you can put metal in. Yeah. Well, you can steal the microwave. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, have you, yeah. I, guess, I guess my question there is, like, at, at, at what point did you become at peace with that, that you're going to be swimming? Uh, that's, it's always been my life. It's always been a part of my life. Like you know, like if my if my mom and my dad and I want to have a house that looks nice, then we have to fix it. We can't hire people to fix it. You know, it's just it's just always been the way. So you come then, from a family like that? Yeah. People yeah. fix the when there's a window that needs right while not being an expert. Yeah. You know what I mean, like um, so jack of all trades. Yeah. I mean, if you have a limited amount of money, then you have to make it work. You know right. what I mean? And so. I think sometimes bands, bands should sometimes know these kind of two things. From experience, and you know, not everyone has to agree on this, it's just my experience. All the bands that are like super 
big and famous and you know doing really well with money and stuff. I don't think they seem as happy as the bands that are not doing that. Thank you. Right, the, the, the bands who are like driving themselves, yeah. the bands who are booking their own backline, booking their own flights, you know, investing. Like having money security, themselves. having money security is obviously the goal, right? But I don't know if you're an artist writing music. If, 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 if we start here and a band wants money and fame, they're gonna write their songs to go in this direction. It's just the path. If you're a band that's not really worried about money and fame, but you just love the art and you love songwriting, you're probably gonna go this direction. This direction can still get you money and fame, but you're changing how you behave by going that direction. You know what I mean? Your songs yeah. are gonna sound different. You're, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're catering to the You're industry. writing to the algorithm. Yeah, you're writing to the industry, not for your... Have you ever, have you ever slipped in that area? Um, have you ever started writing stuff thinking, this is what people want to hear? We're on Side One Dummy, this is what people want to hear. Um, I wouldn't say this is what people, yeah, okay, so I wouldn't say this is what people want to hear, but after writing like um, a whole bunch of like thrashy punk songs, or you know, to, sometimes you go like, can I do it? Like you want to try it out. Yeah. Like I like Tom Petty, Tom Petty writes amazing songs, right? And then you have to ask yourself, are you just saying, are you just saying you don't want to write a catchy song, or or do you know you can't do it? You know what I mean. So then you have to step up and go. Why well, I want to try? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So you know, you want to as if, if you're to be an addicted songwriter means you want to taste everything. Yeah. You for know? real. For yeah. real. When you write a song like use your voice, that you know, like, and when when stuff gets a bit got a bit slower. Try your voice. Yeah. Try your voice. Sorry. That is, you know, were, were you. Were you, were you going into a different part of your life then? You know, were you like hanging out with different people? Were you, was, was stuff like changing for you, for Dave McQuaid? I would say that the try out your voice was just um, trying to use the platform that Big D finally kind of like accidentally got. Like, oh look, oh, oh shit, look at this. And not, not squandering it and trying to like say a message, you know, I had a pretty radical 60s mom and so it's like part of the household that if you get a microphone you try to do it try to try to help the world a little bit right. so that's what try out your voice was was all about you know bush was in charge and, um it's but but to go with what your question like did something change did, that would be more the record fluid and stroll like for a lot of the times i couldn't have an apartment because you can't really pay rent and be on the road. You know what I mean? So like what's the point if you can't enjoy it? Oh, you're just, life? yeah, it's just waste money. So I did a lot of couch surfing and closing the, closing the um, trunk of your car. Or what's really funny is when I saw where Harry Potter lives in that um, staircase yeah. thing before yeah, Harry Potter, says, yeah. that's where I kept my belongings at Trash House, my friend's house. And so I was like, oh my God, me and Harry Potter have the same room. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, I know. I was like, you set it up so different. Literally, I went, you set it up so different. I didn't sleep in there, but that's where all my stuff was. Harry Potter's got some great messages. Yeah. When Neville Longbottom, when he stands up to Ron and Harry. Oh, it's, yeah. It's easy to stand up to people you don't like. It's harder to stand up to your friends. Friend, yeah. But to answer your question, Fluent and Stroll was the first time that, like, I got a cat. Yeah. I had a girlfriend. Yeah. I had a used car and an apartment. And so the positivity that you hear in that record was positivity that was just engulfed in my body. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Big D, as ska punk bands go, you know, you're quite a big band, you've got quite a lot of members. Oh, right. When there's <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> When there's a lot of members, you're relying on a lot, a lot of other people, even as like a trio. Yeah. You know, you've got two other lives to, to hang in the balance there. What's it like, you know, being in that balance and, you know, communicating and kind of trying to all be on the same, on the same wavelength? Yeah. You know, being in, being in a relationship with one other person, that's a whole, that's a lifetime of communication. Yeah. You know, that, you need to put a lot of hours of work into that. Do you have any kind of, like, like mantras or kind of that's a stupid question but you know you're kind of what's the what's the idea behind you know big d in terms of that do you what's the communication like in big d over the years being like well the first thing is it depends on which stage of your life you're in if, if you're in your 20s even if you're a good person in your 20s you're kind of going to be a sociopath like you're not you're not really going to take care of other you're going to say think that you're doing the right thing you're going to think you're being nice to people but there's still going to be a lot of selfish motivations as you get older, and uh, to alluded to we were talking before about how knowing that you're never going to reach the end point of, of your, your journey, as you realize that you're not going to be validated by capitalism, I think people begin to treat each other a little better. Um, and so we have a band. Everybody's over 30. Um, everybody has relatively healthy family lives. And so it, we're starting from a really healthy baseline. Um, from there, it's just important to respect people's boundaries and make sure nobody's doing something that they don't want to do. If they don't want to go on tour, you try to work it out and um, you try to find the right date range that works for everybody. Yeah. Um, and that stuff's hard because as a ska punk band or, or like punk bands as an umbrella term, the music's urgent. And if you're making urgent music, you're gonna be kind of an urgent person, right? Yeah. Um, or you can be, like that's kind of the soul of it. So, yeah, yeah, luckily, no matter who you are, no matter how much of a punk you are, no matter how enthusiastic you are, your age is going to catch up with you. And one thing about, the only good thing about getting older, I would say, is that your sense of urgency does decrease. Mm. And so, uh, even though we still have it, there's, that doesn't mean that we don't have the fire and that we don't care, but uh, it, in, inevitably, there's not much that we can't work out. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's not like it was bad when we were younger it's just right. it's just probably better now yeah you want to make the you know the, the world is pretty crazy you know what i mean and if you really love music and you really value like us you know saying that the people in your band that you need the band to be the escape like your partner your partner you choose your partner because they're your escape from all this craziness the person you can go home to you know and that's what the band has to be at least for us and, and could should be for other people is it's not your your chess piece in the capitalistic game, but it's your escape from the capitalistic game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me think that when you get offered a tour, for example, and you're like, is it is that going to be good for us? You know, when it, you know, in putting it in like realistic terms, you know, tour or like, shall we make a record there or should we practice once a week or once every two weeks? Yeah. What's that like, you know, after, after all these years of practice? Well, I mean, scheduling is definitely the hardest part because you got to get all the kittens in the box and once you get one in, one's out, and then where's the other one going? So, like, I mean, that, that's the, 
That's 90% of being in a band. <laughs> when you, you know, you think of, especially, you know, ska punk, like any kind of genre or subgenre of punk is gonna have its peaks, it's gonna have its, you know, times where it's not as cool as it was five years ago. Yeah. Thankfully now, ska punk is in a really cool place. There's a lot of great bands, Kill Lincoln and Catbite that you're on tour with. Mm. So rad. You know, when those first couple of records were coming out and ska punk was like a real kind of wave, was there a tendency to, or was there a kind of temptation rather, to be like, fuck it, yeah, this is just all we're gonna do. I mean, it seemed like it was like all you did. When I was on tour for years. When I was like 16 years old, remember when you like leave high school and all your teachers like, so what are you gonna do? I was like, I'm gonna be in a band or a statistic because that's all I could see. You know what I mean? There wasn't right. other, there wasn't any other yeah. option. But um, Boston, what, you know, is, is that a pretty, pretty healthy place to be an artist? Like in terms of, I guess what that comes down to is like venues or places where they can have exhibitions or gigs? Well, the area, Alston and Brighton and Somerville and Mission Hill, yeah, you know, Boston's Boston, but we have these little outs, you know, it's like the same thing, but the rent's higher and, you know. So we have a lot of artists, all genres, and we all hang out at the same bars, which is always so funny. You got like Cave In, like metal band, that's like with the ska band, and we all just hang out. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Can you speak to each other and be like, ask for advice? I mean, that's one thing I sort of talk about on this podcast a lot is that growing up in bands, there's a certain amount of like healthy competition, right? That could be kind of nice, and I say that's like a dirty word to say. Yeah, it's a dirty word. But like the huge envy. I believe that some people get jealous in this competition. There's envy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wish I had bread. I'm hungry. You have bread. I'm envious of that. Do you know what I mean? You get on that big tour. You sign that yeah, big record label. But you know, there's not like. But what if there's your, there's your, your friend's band that's released a really great record? You're gonna be like, fuck, my record needs to be pretty good next time as well. Well, for instance, like once I was walking down the street and my friend Tom, this is like before CDs were really around, and I was like, what's that? He goes, it's my band's CD. And he was just, you know, young person. I was like, but how did you make that new thing? And he goes, oh, you can make that new thing. And I was like, okay. And then I walked away going, well, we're gonna make Shock by Lammy, our first record on a CD. So I. I got shared information. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's it. Like we, we, we learn from each other. Yeah. That's a very punk rock. Yeah. Ethics, isn't it? Have, have you had any, like mentors, you know, or kind of people that you've you know spoken to along the way? I mean, you know, talk about Gypsy Hill and like Sean Forbes and Hardskin. That always kind of cemented in my brain that, you know, you look at a band like Hardskin and Sean Forbes who works at yeah. Rough Trade West and Hardskin is one of my favorite bands in the world. Same. Yeah. And it's like you see someone doing their life like that, you can't help but be inspired by it. Well, Johnny Takeaway of Hardskin taught Big D how to tour. Joking? No. Yeah. So in, in what kind of, how would you sum that up? In what kind of ways? Just like do's and don'ts and remember to have, it's just from top to bottom. But to have fun. Yeah. And just, you know, load in, load out. Or just, you know, just one of those things where you could just watch him. Maybe, right. maybe he didn't say things to us necessarily, yeah. but we just, watched him and we were like, I'll be like that guy. You need that. Yeah. Because, you know, the self-taught thing. Yeah. You can't, you need to uh, take inspiration from other But were some of our, like, like Buck gave me some advice from Bucket from the Toasters, Joe Gittleman of the Bellstones. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they don't even need to be necessarily a lot older than us. I mean, even we watched, you know, our friends from Mustard Plug uh, are doing it right and we're, we're learning a lot from them currently. Uh, Mike from Bad Times doing a great job and he's, younger by a little bit and mm -hmm. so we're watching what he's up to um, yeah I'd say that there's a pretty good amount of, in, of shared information going around right now and uh, there's a lot of people who know what they're doing which is uh, 
you know, it took a while to get to that point because the digital music thing is, is pretty new. The, 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 the industry's gone through a bunch of sort of tectonic shifts, and, and so now we're looking at the people who have navigated those better than us. 101 part-time jobs. It's in the fucking social media. Mm. That's one of them. I have a good story about Sean, though, hard skin. Please, go ahead. First time Big D toured uh, England ever, we were staying at Sean and Johnny Takeaway at Ben house, right? And Sean was asleep and he had to work in the morning. And Ben goes to us, uh, Johnny goes, all right, you guys, you know, uh, you can sleep here, but don't wake up. It was so, it was, don't wake up my roommate, Sean. Don't wake him up. Don't, we're like, we're like kittens. We're like, oh, who is this person, right? And then like, we were so scared. And then, and, then, and then he leaves and locks us in. He doesn't even stay at his own house. He goes to his girlfriend's house. So now we're in the house with the monster, the unseen monster that we don't know about. And we're trying to tiptoe all around, like be really quiet, but we're young and really excited and it's our first night, so we drink too much. And um, I'm gonna tell the full story. And so then um, uh, our drummer at the time goes, I'm gonna throw up, I'm gonna throw up, okay. And so I'm located near the sink um, with our trombone player. He's located um, on the couch with friends going, you all right? And then uh, one of them, he goes, we need, he's gonna throw up, get us something. And Paul goes, let's use his trash barrel, right? And I go, well, no, it doesn't have a garbage bag in it. So I'm thinking, if he throws up in it, it doesn't have a garbage bag, then it's gonna smell like puke forever, and you know, we might get in trouble. Let's, let's find something else, right? So I grab this bowl and I give it to him, and then he gives it to the guy next to the throwing up person, and, and he's about to throw up, but it's a strainer. I didn't notice it was a strainer. <laughs> and they look at me and they go, this isn't gonna work, right? And I, and I, de I definitely did a, because I'd been drinking at that point too, so I, I was like, oh, that's, our, that's, that's funny. <laughs> so I go, my bad, and then I grabbed a bag, you know, so I then I fire lined the bag down, but it had bread holes in it, you know, like the whole, like a bag strainer. And they looked at me like, are you trying to fuck with us, right? And then I gave one more thing, oh, a pint glass. So then I gave, I gave him a pint glass, so he threw up in the pint glass, but he had more vomit than uh, a pint, and so it started to, to go over, and then my friend Paul goes, why don't we just use the barrel? And I was like, yeah, all right. We slid the barrel under, and I was like, I'm not in charge anymore, I just did a really bad job. So that was Sean's house, and we didn't wake him up. He didn't wake him up, did he find out? Uh, I don't think so. And it's until, quite until funny now. to think of like there's the monster in the bedroom and you see someone who's come out and he's he about seven foot tall. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Look, this is the part of this, big part of it, you know, 101 part-time jobs. It's the launching part of, you know, I want to interview bands about this stuff that we've been talking about, how you fucking made it work, mm. with some funny stories or tragic stories in between tragic funny stories. Mm. What, what are some faux pas that you've made at jobs over the years? So I'm not gonna say the job is just because I'm still in it and I don't wanna dox myself. But um, but there is a minor Hollywood actor who got very mad at me and said I'm not allowed to watch his movies anymore. You um, know, it's it's a guy who didn't pay his bills and we we couldn't do business with him. He got super pissed off and he, you know he I mean he also said that he was gonna like I don't know. I think he said, I'm going to crucify you. What? And then, and, then, and then said, and you're not allowed to watch my movies anymore. And I won't say the name of the guy, but right. I'm going to figure out. The movies are Elf and Ghostbusters. So, if I disappear, you know that I was watching uh, HBO Max in the van. <laughs> so that's my story. That's great. And Dave, any, any bosses that have really taken a disliking to you? Or, or well, I mean, look, you must have had taken so many jobs 
and you're like, yeah, when you start, you're like, yeah, I'm in it for the long run. Right. This is my career. Yeah. Three I, weeks later, you're on tour. I got like two examples, and I'm not even sure they really cut the mustard with this question, but like, um, one of the ones I delivered at liquor, you know what I mean, like, like booze, uh, it's like this posh uh, liquor store that people could just get it from their home, right? So I got to see all the proper alcoholics of, of Boston, like the, the, the real, delivery booze, the delivery booze, and, 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 and like you just walk, open these doors and it's just dark, but it's you know, a sunny day, and you just hear cackling in the corner, and you're like, ooh, I like the whale, whale with the. I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, great. and so so like that was just pretty good, and I was terrible at it. Like I I dropped it off the wrong house, and so I was pretty terrible at that. But uh, one of the biggest moments of band world that changed my life. Was I was a waiter, you know, waiters and bartenders, you know, but I was I was uh, at a Mexican restaurant. Um, I was a waiter, and Bob was the boss, and it was dead. And Bob, Bob said, "Dave, clean the printers." Because you take a Q-tip and you clean all the hair out of the um, the receipt printer. The receipt printer, right? So I had to clean all the printers, and this is this is this is a, this is one of the most poignant moments in my music career. And so I cleaned them all up. And when I was finished, I kind of sat back um, on the bar, and I had this you know, really elated feeling, like you know, I just really did a really good job. You know, those printers are really, really clean now, and Bob has got to notice that I probably did a better job than maybe anyone who's ever done that. And then I went, "Oh my God, you can't think like that. Oh shit! Like, of course he doesn't give a fuck." And for a second, I, I got plugged in, and I got scared, and I was like, I gotta fucking hit the road and get the hell out of here. Because you realized in that moment... They were molding me to take, you know, like, pride in something that I shouldn't. And so I got really fearful of that feeling I had, and ran ever since, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for doing this, I appreciate it. You know, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, thanks to everyone who came along to that interview at Manchester Punk Fest. Thanks to Dave McQuain and also Alex Stern, who plays guitar in Big D, who was in that as well. And thanks to you for listening. Service resumes to normal tomorrow with an episode with Fern Ford, drummer in The Big Moon, followed by The Playlist, which is the music review show I do every Wednesday. And then on Thursday is with Suds from Norwich, just signed to Big Scary Monsters. They are great. Go and listen to them. S-U-D-S, all capitals. That's the one. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, please rate or review the show wherever you're listening to it. All that stuff really helps. Thanks for being along for it. Cheers for listening. It's Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me mate on the side. Running around like a blue ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me mate. Every blink minute I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a fiddler's elbow. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.